I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. As long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. Back once again with another podcast. This is episode 82 of the It's Time to Refresh podcast. Uh, today we've got returning guest and uh, master of bounce. I think, <laughs> I'm sure you even called yourself that one of your earliest Bounce master? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That, you that's did? one of the songs. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> uh, Kenny Hears. Um, even though Kenny was on quite early on, uh, he's been massively pushed for to come to come back on because after you were on I didn't announce that you were coming on I just sort of got together done it and there was a lot of people who've got a lot of questions so I think today's going to be a lot of question based <laughs> if that's alright yeah, um, as I say start with the, the question I say everyone what did you have for tea last night? Um, oh freezer tea what did you have? oh like picky? yeah because um, we've got to clear the freezer for Christmas so oh, we thought okay. well I'll have that and we had uh, what did we have? oh we had these like little Steak lattices, thing. Right. Oh, they were amazing. They're nice, Sam. Um, uh, see, this is a little exclusive here. We've got, we've got a uh, what's in what's in uh, Kenny's freezer? <laughs> yeah, um, <Hardly> anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, due to due to Christmas dinner. Yes. Okay. Right. And does your missus rate it? Does she what? Rate it. Like, do you do a good one? Oh uh, well, actually, I, I don't do it on myself. I, okay. I do it with her. Okay. Okay. Do the kids like it then? Uh, my well, my kids are quite funny. The the fifteen and twenty and vegetables don't play an important part in their lives. Sorry, I've got a four year old. Is the same. He said I don't like vegetables. I was like, you eat broccoli, and he was like, is that a vegetable? I said, yeah. He goes, I don't eat broccoli anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so just because it's labelled as yeah, that, do you know what I mean? He's exactly. been very picky lately. Uh, last night I didn't have tea. It was we are bouncing Whitehaven, and it was a really good launch event in that area. It was really really good actually. Um, nice one for them coming up as well we'll get straight into it um, if that's okay no so um, we start with a question from the last guest which was DJ Angel who's actually also in Warrington I was here last weekend as well um, hi Kenny how many bounce tracks have you made in total and which which in your opinion is the best one and that's from Jen DJ Angel that's quite hard that isn't it so since I started Rebound mm -hmm. um, my client base has increased so much that the productivity of how many tracks I do a year increases every year yeah so I can see how busy you are just on the well, wall yeah so, so last year alone I made 450 tracks this year is looking around about the same so like that's nearly a thousand in two years and yeah. I've made countless records and bounce for the last 30 years yeah or 20 years 20 years it is and um so it's hard to narrow it down to one track do you find it now that you do predominantly bounce more than anything because obviously I know through the years through following you that you've had many different aliases and you've been part of many different projects do you find it's very predominantly bounce music now that comes the people come to engineering oh yeah definitely definitely my, my client I think I've purposely put it that way that bounce music is what Rebound's about you know? mm -hmm. so it's that's the main source of music I make at, at Rebound obviously I can make trance and I can make house and stuff like that but it's a different discipline and it takes longer to do because yeah. even though I have spent time making that music, bounce music, I've absolutely been right, focused a tunnel vision, on. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I can make a bounce track uh, anywhere from an hour and a half to three and a half hours. This is impressive, mate. Like, like <laughs> I, I said to everyone, when, when I hear that, oh, I've done a track with Kenny and he took this, I was like, 
wow I probably barely even the drums by that point <laughs> it's it, it is a discipline yeah yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Uh, um, my other things that I love like Chance Horizons which is my chill out project and mm. my field and house sessions and stuff like that I spend a lot of time on them because yeah. I, I need to because yeah it also as well you'll have a tuned ear to bounce because you say the amount of sheer volume of music you're actually doing yeah. um, you've probably got a tuned ear to like right I know this will work or I know this won't work or I know this is a go-to sample I don't know do you know where I'm coming yeah. from yeah. so for instance if you were to go to trance it might be you just have to little, like retune the ear a little bit which also takes that a little bit longer yeah. production wise definitely go on and ask you a question um, this is obviously just from me. Um, excluding bounce, how many tracks have you done in the last two years? Excluding bounce. Excluding bounce. Yeah, would you? Because obviously, it, well, you... I've, I've made uh, two Chance Horizons albums last year, and I've made two this year, but I've only released one of them. Yeah. And there's fourteen tracks in each of those albums. I'd say about 60, 70 tracks maybe because I've done a lot of wow. field and stuff. As a little side project, I don't yeah. even think I've done 70 tracks in the last four years. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think, I think because um, my work life and life in general is making music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even after sessions when I go into the house, sit down, have a glass of wine with the wife, watch TV, she falls asleep on the settee and I come back in here <laughs> and start making more tunes. Yeah, yeah. Do you find it Right, as a day job, do you find it um, sometimes it can be much, or do you find it a bit much, or, or sometimes you just like you just want to constantly be at it? I think I think um, as as good as a break is, it can be a disruption to yeah. how I, I'm involved in music. So, for example, if my week is ten sessions, yeah, if I'm not having no break and I'm going through all ten sessions, I'm on it to death. Mm -hmm. But the minute I have three or four days off, and then I've got to get back into it again, you retune it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it feels like that. I mean, so, don't get me wrong, I absolutely love what I do, and hey, yeah. honestly, it's it's a great great career to have. You oh, know what I mean? Is, Doing yeah. something you love. Yeah. Um, I think if I had more time in the day, I'd probably get more done. But like like you say, it's your full time job, so you you, you are getting an extra eight hours per day yep. in, in getting them tunes done. So honestly, your output's just insane. Oh, insane. But like, as well, like I was saying off camera, how many varieties of styles you do. It's, it is, it is quite impressive. Um, how long, I know this is, this might be a grim side of it to look <laughs> on it. How long do you think that, that it'll last? The, the... Well, uh, uh, my, my wife is, is she's the kind of, uh, yin to my yang. So yeah. it's, it's, if, if I'm positive, she'll bring up something that's negative, negative. and vice versa, you know. So we, we, she thinks, oh, this won't last forever. Yeah. And and obviously it can't do, can it? Yeah. So, but um, you could I, be like Trevor Horn or something like well, that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, sitting here making tunes with people, as long as I, I've got the use of my hands and my, I can yeah. still see the, the screen. Yeah. I think I've got at least another. 10 15 years, maybe that'll take you through to retirement, I suppose. Yeah, hopefully, you but I mean, yeah. I, I, you'll find me slumped over a keyboard one day. <laughs> that's how much I love it, yeah. I suppose so. Uh, you'll have your own uh, pension scheme and that we've re <laughs> rebounded. <Yeah, hopefully>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, mate, I was just checking that was a uh, that was recording, that was very unprofessional of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. I know I keep banging the drum, but the sheer output's just fantastic. Um, I think the hardest thing is with the, with the output is making sure that a the client's happy with the output. Mm -hmm. I'm happy with the output, and yeah. um, the, the, the 
the level of it is still high on every occasion. Yeah. Because obviously you're only as good as the last track you've done. Mm-hmm. And but to be fair as well, people do have differences of opinions of what they like and what they don't like, especially with bounce when there's so many subgenres of bounce. There's so many sub subgenres. There's, there's a lot of loud voices as well. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean the. the, the Bounce music with singing on it, everyone loves that. Hard mm. drops, everyone loves that. Mm. The problem is, when everyone's doing those kind of tracks all the time, the scene gets very samey. Mm. So it, it, I try to direct people in different directions sometimes. I can see that as yeah. well with your clients as well. Like, um, I'm, I'll be straight with you. Like, um, I think there was a period a few years ago where I think a lot of the rebound stuff that was coming out was sounded very similar to one another yeah. and I think now you can see that they've like branched off into little different directions you're well, still engineering the tunes yeah. but it's like all oh, this uh, for instance I, I used uh, Jamie B as, a, as an example when I'm fa- fancying a real trancey sound and track that doesn't necessarily have a donking I'd be like Jamie, I'll, yeah, I'll look yeah. for see what he's up to at the minute. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've really like got that. And for me, I think that's where you leveled up as as a as a uh, a self awareness and as an artist. Yeah. I think that's where you your you've really shone, and I think that's probably why you've got a lot busier as well because there is a. I think making music for other people is a mm. totally different uh, discipline to making music yourself. Yeah. Because I've got to make something that my client wants. So if they say, oh, I've got this as a reference, well, can you do this? Mm. And I'll listen to it and I'll go, I'll have a go. You know? Right, okay. Oh, yeah. and, and nine times out of ten, I can do it. You mm-hmm. know. So I think um, the good thing as well is, of course, is I've, the, the misconception of that horrible word, ghost production. Right. So initially when I first got into it, everyone had a go at my clients and me mm-hmm. because I was a ghost producer and he's like, oh, but Kenny's doing it all. That's what they used to say, right? Now, I've got clients bringing their own drums, their own samples. Yeah. They're even making their own music in their own studios. Right. So they're coming here for, like, just lessons on how and, to fix... And it's like a final polish in that as well, yeah, like, yeah. just to give it that little bit more. I and get that, that. And that's, that's a great thing because the next generation of producers... You know, if the com- if some of them are coming out of here, that makes me feel really good. Right. I want to ask you a question because um, obviously, do my research. Yeah. Like I say, every every episode, I seen that you did. Um, was it mixmasters.com? Yes. So on mixmasters.com you did a uh, uh, introduction into bounce yes. the thing and it was you making a track and how you process a track etc right, yeah. etc would you would you ever do something for the likes of like um is it Armada University or like that? Would you ever? Would you ever like? Oh, um, th- there is a few different ones. Yeah, if they, if they wanted me to, I think about Mixmasters was they approached me because I worked on Cubase and yeah. the, the fact that I was making hard dance music, so they didn't really have anybody to cover that. Yeah. So I, I said, oh, we'll we'll do an intro to how to make intros on bounce and how to do breakdowns on bounce mm-hmm. and how to do the kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, by the time I got to the kicking, they decided that uh, the Viewers were more into um, FL, Ableton, and uh, Logic, and there was hardly any Cubase users, so they sucked it off then. <laughs> well, I, I don't personally, I don't use um, Cubase, but I watched it, and you don't, I don't necessarily need to, unless you're learning the basics for the first time, which there's free videos on the internet as well, where it's like an introduction to Cubase, yeah. and you would go on and you would write, this is how you load up a kick drum, etc. This is a technique in how to write bounce music, and I think it's all 
transversible onto yeah. onto different doors. I think I'd have done it differently as well now, to be fair, because yeah. um, I've absolutely immersed myself, as everyone knows, about mm. into plugins and <laughs> production, mixing, mastering, and my knowledge of how to put all those things together now is like 20 times better than it used to be. Um, I got called on on a uh, how I did my chain and my productions yeah. because of the, the way I had arranged my plugins. Right. Because no one arranges their plugins like that. Was that in the bounce group? Uh, uh, well, um, not sure actually. Um, I think I see. I see it I might see have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I had my limiter first, and I had a couple of things after that. And I'm like, why bring your limiter first? Is mm. limiters on the end of a chain? And at the time, it worked for me because mm -hmm. I, I, I could mix the tracks okay. But now I have the understanding why the limiters are the back of the end of the chain. Yeah. It's it's completely different. But I, I, uh, I think as a producer. I'm at the best yeah. at the moment that I've ever been, and I've been in the industry 30 years. I think that, uh, you, like you say, if you have a breakaway and stuff like that, you have to fine-tune, but if you know you're on form and you you, you, you just roll with it, and mm. it's like probably you probably put your best output out at that point, I think. Yes. Um, I am a big fan of, like, as I say, of what others do, but I just want to ask you about yourself. Like, see the Starman project and, and all of the bounce stuff that you've got going on. Yeah. How do you find time for that? Do you, do you have to do that in your spare time where it's not like your work hours? Well, you two, two years ago, I didn't have as many clients as I've got now. Yeah. So I did a Starman album, yeah. an original album, because people were always moaning about no one makes any original mm. music in bounce. So I did a whole album and it never sold. Yeah. So it, it, I think people are more aware of stuff they know that's why bootlegs sell really well star starman could have been so much more than what it was yeah if i had more time to spend on it but the rebound studio took over and you know yeah. I, I spent uh, i think it's four or five days a week that's about 10 sessions a week right and that's a lot of time to make music mm -hmm. for other people and the weird thing is, the discipline I have with them is I don't want to let them down, so therefore I'm really on it. When I'm working on my own track, I might get halfway through and go, right, let's go in the living room for a brew or something like that, you know, and break it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that might be a mistake on my part. Like. No, I suppose. <laughs> but um, do you see when you're sitting there, and as you say, 10 sessions a week is a, is a lot. Yeah. Um, do you think that, do you sit there like, eager to get on on your your stuff do you know like like they uh, might say something you're like do you know what if, if i was doing a star on track right now i've just got this amazing idea well i am inspired by productions with people so for example say i'm working with say scott f for example mm -hmm. he, he brings a track oh, i want to do this track today so we listen to the track and we think oh it's got some great bits in that and then we find these new sounds and stuff to go with it as i'm going through those sounds i'm thinking god remember that because i'd like to use that myself in one of my own productions do you find yourself coming back in at night and just <laughs> <laughs> well, i've got a massive big notepad yeah just basically empty at that front and but all of this is all like ideas and yeah you know like, for example you know when you go through like um 200 donks to find the right donk for your client I'm now writing them down going, oh, 47's good, <laughs> 53 is amazing, yeah. And then I, I make a note of them all, I put them into a little folder and then make them accessible via my sampler and then yeah. okay, they're easy to find then. Excellent. So do you find, like, do you find, I know I'm sort of banging this drum, but do you find it when you do come in to write Starman stuff or, or something of your own that it just sort of falls together because there's that much, there's that many ideas sort of... I think that the the thing about me is that, is that I love so many different genres of music mm -hmm. 
and I like to, because I'm a producer, I like to dabble in most of those genres. So I don't come in thinking, right, I'm going to do a Starman track today. I might come in and go, oh, I've got these new samples that are all like uh, progressive house ones. Let, let's do a tech house thing instead, you know, yeah. and work like that. Um, have you have you tried your hand at, say, like tech and stuff like that? Sir? I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my field in Alias has done, I've had about about five or six releases in the last two years um sort of success wise what 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 are you getting off the back of that then is it well it's a different game nowadays yeah. i think I, I think you need to have a, a huge following via the social medias like tiktok and stuff like that mm. and i think i'm releasing music now just because i can it's creative fulfillment yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I get that it, it helps me out with what i'm doing and it's it's nice to keep the name out there um Obviously, I could go down the same path as everybody else does and send them to BBC Introducing or send them to the record labels mm. in the hope that someone will take something on and release it. But I'm not getting any younger. Yeah, 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 I get <laughs> and, that. I get and, that. And, and nowadays, everybody wants somebody who's who's young and got some social media backing. You know? Yeah, I get that, I get that. Um, so with with this, have you seen anybody of any of note sort of maybe even like because there is DJs who, out there who still dig for tunes yes there is the, obviously the ones who get said the promos and, and stuff but there's DJs who dig for tunes have you, have you seen anyone who's come across your tunes and found them and been like supported like any any notable names that supported any of the field and stuff I mean uh, well not not on the house front I mean I mm. did I did send uh, stuff off to Mike Scala and people like that and, and, and even John Neal because John Neal likes his house stuff as well mm. and I get good feedback from those people mm -hmm. you know um, but I'm not expecting anything from them other than just their opinion on what they thought of the tune. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think um, anybody can make a record nowadays, can't they? And We've talked about this as well, yeah. AI. <laughs> and, and because of that very reason, the market, especially commercial house music, it's saturated, so it's very hard to, to, to mm. get in there and do or be successful. I mean, Rob Kane's got his own label. Yeah. And... Um, I don't. I don't know if he's if it's very, doing very well for him or if he's yeah. struggling. You know, he just, you just can't tell. But I know through my own experience of uh, RPL Digital mm -hmm. that what it costs me to distribute my tracks, I get back. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not costing me anything at all. But okay. I'm not making any profit. <laughs> okay. Um, have you? Because I, I, I genuinely don't know. Because I, I st I'm still one of these DJs who I go through all the uh, your beat ports and stuff like that. Um, do you distribute to them? Because I don't see many... Uh, the, I, so I go through a Ditto or DistroKid. Right, okay. The yeah. digital distribution. So that goes like Spotify and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so DistroKid does all streaming services apart from Beatport. And, um, I was going to say, I don't think I've said, seen... So I, when I go through Ditto, that goes to Beatport because I've set up RPL Digital as a label on on Beatport. So mm -hmm. if you if you search for that, you you find all the the bounce releases and the house releases and the chill out releases are all on there. Um, I've got a question. Right, this is this is just it's just the sort of business head going. Right, you've got like sort of first dabs on anything that comes out of this studio. Really, yeah. like like if if you if, let's say X person comes in and makes a tune and you think this is it's not a bootleg, it's it's an original, and they go. You're like, oh, this has got potential. This, and if you said to them, "Listen, I'd put that on my label if if you were willing to," they would bite your hand off. Have you ever thought you could you could go down that avenue of what, say, like Dave Gray's done with cheeky tracks? You could yeah. you could have that as a another. I slow? think I think 
where Dave's concerned, you see, Cheeky Chucks was really already established even yeah. before he took over. Yeah. So it was already in the system. He's made it into another daddy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I bet you any money he spends a lot of time doing that. Yeah, that's a whole different skill in itself. It's yeah. like you said about social media. I, and stuff. I, there's no way I could do all of that and this as well. There's just mm. not enough hours okay, that, in, that in the day. Sense. I think. Uh, um, I'd done an original track this morning with Key Hughes. Yeah. And um I've had I've had some experiences with people who have gone on to have su- some success. So I've worked with Matt Connor who's initiating mm-hmm. he his track that he did here signed to uh, Ministry of Sound mm-hmm. and had a bit of success with that. And since then he's left on and gone on to work with other people and yep. had some success success with the Joel Curry thing. And um I think with original material now I've decided that because I'm a writer as well as a producer mm-hmm. and I write all the music when it comes to making an original track with a client mm-hmm. that I have to be involved in some way. So oh, a credited writer. Yeah. yeah okay. I, I know, I, I'm co-artist depending on the project involved. So for yeah. example, Key uh, wanted me to do it as him and Starman. Okay. That's fine. So works, works yeah. fine, doesn't it? So we've, we've done that today and obviously where it goes after that mm-hmm. will mainly be dependent on him because he, he's a paying client and he's paid for the track. So, but, uh, I mean, it's, there's no harm in mentioning me when I'm making a tune uh, or not mentioning me. That's yeah. the, the whole thing about Rebound, isn't it, really? You know? Yeah. I think if I ever got an inkling that somebody sent something for my label and I, I thought, oh, that sounds like Kenny's done that, mm. I think I would message you and say, listen, I'm going to be releasing this... Um, do you want the credits on on the release? Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't say I would want Starman on it because if, if you've come to a deal with that that artist, then that's fair enough. But even just for writing, I, th- uh, I think what, we, what you've got to remember is as as producer DJ producers um, and producer DJs, um, we all have an element of ego involved mm-hmm. in what we do, and sometimes, especially if the tracks are banger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not want to mention me. You might want to take the credit, okay. you know. And the thing is, you're paying for the credit, so that's fair enough. I can't really argue with that, you know, yeah. unless I change the rules mm-hmm. and I say, well, this is us, this is me and you together mm-hmm. and doing this tune and that. Because uh, I find that when people put stuff on Spotify that they've recorded here, um, when it comes down to the credits on Spotify, yeah. they, they never credit. Uh, me, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave does because he, he 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 knows the story. He, yeah, he knows yeah, I'm involved, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I, I, but in some ways, it doesn't matter about the credit. You know, I mean, I'll, it does to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I go through a discogs, right, and I'm just like, uh, I, I wanted to know who was producing this certain track. Uh, we'll talk about it off off pod, but yeah. um, uh, a certain track, and I was like, that sounds like somebody. It wasn't. It was it was house music. And I went and looked, and I was digging. I couldn't find anything. Went to discogs, and then I was looking, and then it was like. And I looked at this this one track in particular, and it was like it had like six different writers to it, and the person who I thought it was was in there, and I was like, "Yeah, I thought so." Like yeah. it's just for my own. Yeah, I knew well, ba- the... back in the day when we were all crate digging, looking for vinyl, and, and we owned vinyl. All the credits are on the sleeves, aren't they? And yeah. and now and we, you look for that a lot of the time. Yeah, as well. you do. Yeah, I mean, and even with albums, with CDs and stuff, mm. all the credits are there. But you buy an mp3 it's just whatever's on that line on yeah that or line. stream that's it yeah. Yeah. that's why uh, remixers stopped calling mixes the midnight mix mm. and sat and put their own name in the credits so everyone knew they actually did it yeah yeah, yeah yeah i get that but yeah um it was off to a brilliant start there i think it's answered a lot of questions that's in this so i might have to skim over a couple of things <laughs> that we talked about if that's all right yeah. um so 
I'll just go straight into some of the questions. Uh, what is your inspiration for producing music? And that's from Abby Baker. Um, so, with, with regards to not who it is, but yeah. what got you down this field of work? Well, my, my dad uh, um, was a very musical person. In fact, mm -hmm. we come from a, his side of the family, very musical. Yeah. And um, but we've got an opera singer in our family, and uh, my dad loved classical music and he loved opera. Mm -hmm. uh, we we had a piano as a kid in the kitchen, mm -hmm. and. Um, it's naturally going to it's go down naturally really bought, anyway. It's naturally in me to yeah. make me. When I was at school and I started collecting uh, records, to, I, I, I got an obsession with the 12 inch single mm -hmm. and remixes. Mm -hmm. I just love the idea of, wow, they've made an eight minute version out of that three minute version. How did they do that? Yeah. You know, so all I wanted to do when I left school was become a remixer. And uh, you I can't, you, you couldn't be a remixer back then though. Now you can. Now. Yeah. But back then, I had to uh, do a YTS, which was 10 months electronics how to fix tvs and stuff like that and two months in the studio mm -hmm. but three months into it they sent me to uh, a placement in rushworth music house in liverpool mm -hmm. which was a music store they put me on the keyboard department with high tech so i used to get in at half eight every morning go in there learn how to program a drum machine learn how to use a sequencer and all stuff like that Brilliant. So that's kind of fuel the obsession then excellent and and you obviously just fell down that route haven't you then i think oh yeah i mean the 90s in being in a big music shop in liverpool in mm -hmm. the 90s so you had loads of people coming in who were famous yeah i think that um you caught the remixer sort of era almost perfect in fact i would say perfectly mm -hmm. because now i think if a tune comes out there's gonna be like one mix or whatever but back then say you were doing a, a release for say all around the world for instance mm -hmm. They would get this artist do a tune. Um, so on there, there's that that uh, LMC versus U two, yeah, yeah. to the clouds above. Yeah. Right, they would say, right, we need X amount of remixes, and they would be, they were paying remixes then to to do it. Nowadays, it seems to be either you paying an engineer to, to remix a tune, or it's oh, you're my mate. Do you want to do a remix? Or, do you know where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, I think yeah. you caught that era where. You see the names like Ferry Causden and like yeah. Armin Van Buren and people like that who were getting paid a fortune to do a remix. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. So like I think that the remixer was it's beforehand it was less prominent uh, and think, then it blew think, up and then it started to like yeah. plateau a bit. Now I mean remixes in the eighties and nineties were a big thing, weren't they? And then in two thousands with the advent of EDM and Funky mm. House and that kind of stuff, there were still remixes, but not as many as there used to be. Yeah, and I, I, because I was rolling around the world, I did a lot of remixes in house for them, so yeah. I, I wasn't paid as much as somebody who would be oh, externally yeah, I get done. That. But um, when, when um, I started to get myself an agent in the early 2000s and did super sound remixes, mm -hmm. I was getting like between 1200 and 1500 quid a remix and I, I, I even did, then and like now yeah. is even now it's like decent. Yeah. That was two years of doing that, yeah, and I was remixing um. The Far East Movement and uh, Usher and uh, you know big named people in the States because it was primarily uh, American. So was it? So as you were you were going your daily routine then was you were going to work, you were doing your, your remixes and stuff like that. You were doing whatever you were doing. Yeah. And your, was your agent looking for this work from say like Usher? And I've stuff? never had an agent, but uh, apart from then when I got this guy, uh, um, I can't remember the name of the company now, but he looked after um, Seventh Heaven as well, who do remixes, mm -hmm. and he uh, basically said, I can get you some work, and he did that for two years, and um, 
it was good. It was a good time to be fair. And super, the Super Sound project was one of my favourite projects because it's yeah. it kind of EDM with an eighties vibe running through it. You know, yeah. but I, I think the problem with genres changing so rapidly nowadays your job as a remixer you have to adapt to it or at least call it something else mm -hmm. it's very rare that you see a remixer who was remixing in the 90s still remixing now like you get the odd few like mk or somebody like that yeah. but, but now i i don't know half the names i see on on remixes <laughs> yeah it's uh, it, that's when you're in a geek comes out and you're like well they did this track and then you so like let, let's say for instance i heard somebody who done a track and I'd heard that I was like, oh, go and look for more of their stuff. And if I found out it was engineered by somebody else, you go down yourself a rabbit hole of like, well, if they engineered that, let's see what else they engineered. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you see other artists they've been associated with, and then that's how it works. Yeah. But now there's just so many. Like yourself, you've got lo loads of different aliases. I've got loads of different aliases. But like, I I'm still obsessed with the rabbit hole. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Of, of, of finding yeah. music. I'm always looking for a new alias. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you touched on the 80s there, yeah. right? Uh, there's a million different things I want to ask you about the 80s. <laughs> so what are you listening to at the minute, 80s-wise? Well, I've just actually bought, um, do you know the Now series of mm -hmm. albums? So the Now 16 has just come out, which was in 1989. Right. So that was a good trip down memory lane. <laughs> and then uh, I also bought a three-inch CD single of Queen, another one, Bites of Dust. Excellent. And this... Is the other one PWL album? Oh wow, I've never seen so this. So it, it's basically all twelve-inch extended versions of tracks that were big for PWL back in the day. I love it. There's a, I didn't even know this existed. Well, it's only come out recently. And oh, I was going to say. A couple, me, I've got virtually everything they've ever done on that's been on CD. But yeah. and that is, um, it's got the odd remix on there that I didn't have, so mm -hmm. I had to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it a lot. Um, we're talking about sort of eighties. Are you still doing the eighties podcast that you do? I am actually. Yeah. Um, I stopped my Rebound Studio podcast because yeah. I haven't got the time to do it. But the the 80s one, I kept it going because it started to have like uh, between 500 and 600 plays a month, which for me, I think is pretty good mm. for an 80s thing. So as yeah. obscure as that. So I've kept it going, yeah. Do you find that you've got a whole new audience with that as well? Like, if... Well, it's weird because I do it and then I, I stick it up on uh, Buzzsprout mm -hmm. and then they distribute it to like... Um, iTunes podcasts mm. and various other places. I listen to it like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a fan of it. I know it's on iTunes podcast because I've I've got the the app with it on and yeah. I can see them coming up. But um, I've got a few friends who love it as well. And it, what I like to do is put some odd rarities that people would have probably never heard of. That's why I listen to it because there's always stuff that I hear and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that existed. It's easy to do a compilation with Aha and yeah. all the usual acts that you know, but. Um, loads of there's loads of albums with the you know an obscure track on there that might be just like amazing you yeah think, it might have been a bonus track or yeah or like a limited edition 12 inch at the time yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of the expanded uh releases they do now have extended versions and remixes on them mm -hmm. don't they and uh, but i've never been on cd before so that's good i mean one of my favorite remixes is uh ben ben liebrand he um it does a series of albums grand, grand 12, 12 inches, inches. And basically, that's just full of 80s. I love four it. CDs of 80s remixes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, have you ever had like some sort of alias where you've done and done like the sort of synth, like electronic synth stuff? Like um... yeah, um, I did two actually. So Fugitive, which was a, a remix alias for all around the world, mm -hmm. was a crossover between electronica and 80s style mixes. Yeah, and then I made 
a new one called Max Recall, which was primarily just synthwave, okay. 80s style stuff. Right. But again, the, the fads with me, I tend to like get into it for a bit. And then I'm the same. Man. I, I lose interest and move on yeah. to something else. You know. Yeah, it's because you're such a creative person that it's like right. Well, I've been I've been making sort of synth tunes for a little bit, um, or something hard came along and we we'll do something sort of down that sort of route, or or maybe for me it's like or maybe a bit hardcore or but or, do you know something? Yeah, like, oh, yeah some I've, I've dabbled in drum and bass. I've dabbled yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Well, last time I came in, you were working on drum and bass. Yeah, too, remember? yeah, yeah. Um, so I love I love that because it just shows that the passion's still still there yeah. as well. It's like it's not like you just coming in, throwing it together, right? Open money, there you go. It's like it's like you really like, from what I've from talking to you, I've learned that is you really care about the client and what they're walking away with. Yes, you know what I mean. Definitely. Um, if people did want to to get some engineering work done, how do they contact you? Uh, generally through Facebook. Um, yeah, I, I have had one person contact me through email, but um, nine old times. school, yeah, very old school, all <laughs> professional. Oh, yeah, yeah. So mainly it's through messenger. You know. Okay. I mean, the studio itself uh, has been has gone on from strength to strength, and I've got that many clients now that my diary is completely full till February now. But um, I do do uh, one-offs occasionally. So if somebody will say, "I'd love to get in, but I haven't got the time," if I send you the money. Could you put it together when you get the chance? Mm -hmm. I've done that about three or four times, and uh, I do fit it in, and I do get it back. But uh, generally, when I do a session with a person, it's done in that time span, from beginning to end, mm -hmm. ready to go. You know, excellent, excellent. I like that. So we'll carry on with some of these questions. We've got a few to get through. That's all. <laughs> um, what uh, What's your favourite synth plugin and favourite mastering plugin? And that's from Steve Willow. S Synth plugin and mastering plus so mastering that's dead easy. That's that the new uh, music hack master plan plugin. Yeah. You posted that in that group, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, fantastic. So. It's 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 like all the bits that you need just to add that finished finished touch to that. Yeah. It does it. It's on offer, I think, for eighty-seven dollars at the moment. But it's normally it won't be by this time. Oh, like, no, yeah. Black Friday will be over. One hundred and sixty <laughs> something normally, I think. Yeah. But a uh, synth plugin. Ooh. Spire is my go-to. Spire, okay, yeah. interesting. I even though I use Serum and yeah. uh, I use Anna Two, I use uh, Diva and uh, obviously Contact and all the other sampling type mm. ones. Um, Spire has just got that vibe that I love, and I've got loads of packs for it as well, so that's mm -hmm. even easier then. Yeah, um, my mastering choice would be. I don't have one because I don't master my own tunes. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and go, I think it's this because I, I don't master my own tunes. I can to an extent. Yeah. I, I use T-Rex, uh, old version T-Rex, just because I know it. And, and it's, if it's, if it needs a quick master because I'm testing it in the club that night, I run it through that. If yeah. not, I use John Doe. There's there's my mastering, uh, yeah. <laughs> my mastering chain. <laughs> well, the, uh, master plan sits on my my stereo out bus yeah. along with an SSL bus compressor, Pro-Q3 with a streaky preset mm -hmm. and... I've gone back to, I used to have a clipper, but now I've got sausage fatter on the on the end. So right. when we start making a tune... It's already sounded fat. Yeah, it's 70% there, even before I've put the first kick drum in. Mm -hmm. So by the end of it, what I have to do is very little to get it to the final stage. Excellent. I never I never even really thought of, of doing it like that. I suppose it, it is a way of doing it. I know you used to do it um, before I knew that anyways, because obviously mm -hmm. when we wrote the tune together, yeah. you already had like the mastering chain on. Yeah. Interesting. Um... And my favourite um, synth plugin would be 
I think that everyone's always got the, the, the favourite one. My golden child is silent because I've, I've had it for that long and, and, and I just sort of know it inside out. Yeah. But like more recently, I would say in the last two years, I think Serum's like one of this this up and comer. Yes, it's like yeah, it's, this yeah. is this has got potential. I'm using Serum a lot more, more now yeah, than yeah, I yeah, used yeah, to. Yeah. And and Silent, uh, that's my signature pad sound. That's mm. what comes from that. So I'm yeah. still using that too. Excellent. I th honestly, I, for whatever reason, I sometimes I'll maybe open up Massive or Spire or something like that. And if I'm not getting the sound that I want, I just go back to my to my golden boy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly, reasons, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I know it's it's a pain with me because I'm an obsessive when it comes to plugins, mm. and I've got that many, um, but I find myself going back to the same ones. So I tell you something. I've been using um, this is I wouldn't use it for bounce music that much. I mean, there's an odd sound that works well, but I I I'll say I love the eighties sort of vibe. Uh, the Roland one hundred and six. Have you seen the the plugin? Yeah, that they've yeah, got? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's Juno one hundred and six. Uh, yeah. Juno one hundred and six. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the um, and I, I really like like some of the sounds off that. It's uh, the sound very. What I do is I just make um, if I get the sound that I like. Um, I'll do it as one note and then I'll export it out yeah. and then I'll load it into the sa sampler and well, then I just recently got you'll love this I recently got um, I found a site called contactbanks.com right that's a proper legit site and they sell um, retro synths sampled ready for contact oh lovely so and they've Get, they, they can't say because of copyright they can't say the real names of them yeah. but they describe them what they are in the, in the copy <laughs> yeah. so you, well, you can tell by the, the names that what they and are some yeah. of them yeah like virology is yeah. obviously a virus right okay, uh, okay. And, and, it's but, like pro evo names isn't it yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean Merseyside Red we know exactly what that yeah, is yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> so it, it, they've got uh, Evolver Revolver um, they've got D50 all mm. the classic synths from back in the Oberheim they've got all of them mm -hmm. and the whole package was dead cheap and I love my retro synths, mate. Mm -hmm. So I just bought the lot. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That's one thing that from from collecting records to producing them, that's one thing that, that sort of translated over with me before. Uh, even, even now, I say before, it's still, it's still a thing. <laughs> I still get records delivered all the time. Yeah. If I can't get it on CD, I, I get it on record. If I can't, if I get the CD single, I'll get the CD single. If I can get like the maxi, where there's a little bonus one, yeah, little bonus mixes, I'll yeah, get that. I yeah. still get them delivered regularly. But that was my like sort of money drainer. That's, yes. that's where, if, yeah. like any expendable, it's just... To be fair, I don't buy that many CDs yeah. now. I used to buy, oh, look at the size of my collection, it's massive. Yeah. But um, uh, I think now I'm a bit more selective over yeah. what I, I purchase music-wise. I'm, I'm buying nowhere near as much music. To be fair, I'm not. I'm, I'm not buying as many DVDs or Blu-rays anymore mm. now because everything's just available streaming, via streaming. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. There's, there is there still is a lot of stuff, especially within our sort of scene and surrounding subgenres, that is not available on Spotify. Or there might be a, a real crappy mix on YouTube, yeah. but I'm not ripping that off YouTube. That, to use. That's true. My my, my uh, what little I've got left of mm. my record collection is basically a lot of records that you, you can't, can't get, get on that's CD. Literally, I only buy it on on record is if you can't get it on CD. So it went from that to then sample banks and stuff like that so now any expendable i'll be like let's see what's kicking around at the minute and i'll, and I'll buy that and i'll buy that and you still find yourself spending the same amount of money because if you don't have a record to show for it you've just got all these little That's file right. types I, I know i know i mean my, i've got uh hundreds of hard drives mm. full to the brim of all kinds of music from the last 30 years i bet there's some gold in there though eh? oh some yes especially when it comes to parts and stuff as yeah. well as that i noticed some of the dats there and stuff so oh, it's no, like oh, yeah so the, I've, been, I've been going through them all on me all my old dats like yeah um, is there anything that you forgot existed 
on the like oh remix parts of this i've not heard a remix of this normally. um not particularly a, a friend of mine uh, who lives in uh, newcastle he's mm-hmm. a DJ, dj on a regular basis and he's an obsessive when it comes to collecting parts mm-hmm. and he came down to visit me one day and, and i had about eight spools of s- cds with parts on he went oh you've got to let me uh rip all them <laughs> so i said well, you can only rip him if you send them all to me once you've ripped them so yeah, that's, yeah. that's what he did that's like, a good deal that, yeah, yeah. i always find myself that um i used to collect um like sampler cds do you know like um uh, so it would have the latest of december 2000 on for instance yeah and on it a lot of the times I used to put um little sample banks like of samples kick drums hats yeah, loops yeah, and stuff yeah. and i i've got tons of them sitting there and it's just i cannot be bothered with I, like i did something like that either i it-